Behind every interesting person is a great story. This is Person of Interest with Natalie Jones. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Person of Interest with Natalie Jones. This week is super dope. I am Natalie Jones, and our guest today is Chase Crawford. Fun fact, I'm releasing this date, the original release date, on his 24th birthday. Now, he's a native to the Cincinnati area, and he is a filmmaker, producer, actor, former model, creative, podcaster, influencer, father, husband, son, all of the above, and today is his 24th birthday. He's experienced so much success already. His wife, they were actually, fun fact, pregnant teenagers. Then they got married. They have two kids together now. She's a stay-at-home mom, and he does everything else. He's a super rad guy. We met and immediately connected through some nonprofits we were both involved in around town. And I just wanted to know more about his story. Who do you know as a pregnant teenager and then says, I'm still going to become an actor? And make movies and make this happen. And Chase has done that. All while being based in Cincinnati. He's never relocated. A really awesome story. An awesome guy. Please welcome everybody. My friend, Chase Crawford. It's, I can't do anything about it. It's so much bigger than me. It seems like you mastered the balance. A little bit. Some might say. Well, you are uh, Chase Crawford. You have yeah. two kids. Two kids, yeah. And you are, you're only going to be 24? Yeah, going to be 24, yeah, this You month, are this 24. Week. Wow, crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Okay, can I say, like, by the time I was 24, I think I had even graduated, co- I graduated college at okay. 24. And had, I mean, I was bartending and all these other things, mm-hmm. and I thought that I was so far away from the world. Mm-hmm. And ready to tackle it, though. I had a lot of ambition, but, like, not, I mean, trajectory of life. You're you're one of those people that, as you just said, you obviously have a heart of gold, and you're an artist who just likes to express. And I think it's really cool. What I love seeing in people is when you do that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm you, not going to toot my own horn, but you thank you just for that. did, yeah, thank like, you. from the beginning. Um, I mean, like, look, the, the thing is... Oh, so, like, in filmmaking, it's obviously so hard, and it used to be not accessible to many people, right? Mm-hmm. Cameras, even 20 years ago, to, just to make a movie, make a low-budget movie, it would have cost $100,000, whereas now these cinema-level cameras are ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, which is still a lot of money, mm-hmm. but it's a lot more affordable for someone, um, you know, who doesn't come from a ton of money. Like, I grew up in Monroe. I was raised by my mom, who was a teacher, yeah. So I'm like definitely not the the picture perfect like yeah no so there was no dad in your no dad no, in your yeah. life so um, my parents divorced when I was five um, and my dad he's been involved in my life the entire time um, but he's never we've never lived in the same city so it was always weekend trips and stuff like that um, do you and, have any siblings yeah I have a sister um, she lives in North Dakota which is like the coolest most random thing yeah. that I get to tell people. I'd be, uh, it's funny, the other day we were talking on the phone, I'm like, could you send me a picture of your license? I'm just so curious of what it yeah. looks like. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, is it even real? Like, I need to see this. Like Fargo. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's um, she's doing, uh, she's doing 
exactly what she wants to do in life, which makes me happy. Like, it just makes me happy seeing people do exactly what they yeah. want to do in life. Me too. It brings joy to my, it like really brings tears to my eyes. I'm such a sucker for it. Like, when people die and stuff, I get sad. But when people are really living their passion is when I like, oh, it's it, it steals my heart. Yeah. Is your sister um, older or younger than you? She's younger. She uh, She's a couple years younger than me. I think she's 21. I think that would make oh, gosh, sense. Gosh, it's so crazy. So did you feel like growing up that you had to protect her and that you were kind of like a fix? Do you guys have the same um, dad? Yeah, same dad. Yeah, no, it was growing up was weird because it was like sometimes we would just like rough house. I mm-hmm. think like she was almost like um, tough. She was tough. She's tougher than, you know, other girls. Yeah. But then it's like other times it would be like you hear someone talking shit about your sister. And it's like, yo, that's my sister, dude. Like, yeah chill back up but it's like yeah i have that protective instinct and um and yeah i really don't talk to i just don't talk to many people more than once a week so it's like when i do get to talk to her it's always a little more special because she's always catching me up on just like all the goofy stuff in her life so you are a man of the arts you are an actor filmmaker producer Uh and model and Uh. (laughs) what what your former podcaster creative influencer dad husband brother son ohio native and you never left ohio never well i was born in north carolina but i was oh yeah new bern i love new bern i used to live in the outer banks yes okay i think we did we talk about that before maybe a little bit yeah we always see each other in passing yeah. yeah, so New Bern. Yeah, New Bern's a wonderful place. I want to take my family there so they can know what good seafood tastes like because yes. that's the spot. But, um, yeah, I lived in Cincinnati, went to Monroe High School from K through 12. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've just been doing my thing here. Obviously, now it's a little bit di- Like, I think last year I was on the road probably 150-ish days. So it's like, oh yeah, like – the place is here, the crib's here, but it's, I'm always Space everywhere. Here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just trying to follow the dream, and that takes me to some crazy places. Yeah, and so you never you never relocated, and your wife and your daughters are here. You have two daughters. Mm-hmm. Is it Cambria and Carter? It's Cambria and Carter, yes. Uh, very, Cambria's a unique name, huh, right? It is, so yes. Is it Cambria or Cambria? Cambria. Cambria, yes. okay. So it's always confusing, because there's like a house company, I think, called Cambria, oh. and it's like, what's in people's minds from gotcha. the start. maybe that's where i got it from um but i love i love those girls they're so awesome how old are they uh cambry turns five in april and carter is six months old five so you had her when you were 19 yeah yeah so let me just say that doesn't sound like someone who's going to follow their dream of being an actor or a model when they yeah. are um, pregnant at 19 so yeah. it was intense it was intense and um god love god love my wife she's awesome um, and didn't really, obviously it felt like eight mile at times, but I was like, I promise, baby, I'm going to make movies and we're going to get out of yeah. here. <laughs> uh, you know, she never once was a skeptic. She always kind of knew that I had a plan going in my mind, I, like a weird master plan. But yeah. It all worked out. Well, it seems like, I mean, you do. It's dope. Like I, as you say, you love when you see people living their passion. Like I love when I see people who just know what they want. I like have danced around it and I've I've tried so many different things. And to me, it's like... Not wasted time, but yeah. um, it's like it's so refreshing. Like, man, what is that like? So you started off from how did you even get into um, acting and producing and all of the things? Direct, so directing that's a good as question. well. Yeah, I'm directing some stuff now as well. So 
it really all started. I was like 15 years old. I was making YouTube videos with my friends in mm -hmm. the basement, just like after school, like messing around and um, and really got like all of the bad shit out of the way then when I was yeah, just like messing around, like mm -hmm. didn't know what good lighting 10, was. 10,000 hours? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't know what good audio was, like didn't really care. I was just making stuff and having fun. And then as I started to take it more seriously, I started to learn like, oh, these are techniques that they use and this is why they use them. And now I understand this concept and this concept. Um, and then I was 17 and Taco Bell had called me to – um, write and direct a commercial for a new product they That's had. Nuts! It's it sounds not real. But I know. What was the what was the product? Uh, it was the fiery Doritos Locos Taco. Whoa! Yeah. Yes. Was that you? Hold on. I remember the commercial when the taco like slammed it on the screen, then flames went. Yeah. That was you. Yeah. So awesome. Um, I never had one. That shit's gross. But uh, good to know that. Yeah. You probably made gave it a lot of people <laughs> diarrhea. But uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, I got to do that, and that was it. Was a big accomplishment. It still is a big accomplishment for me. Um, but at the time, I don't think I realized how big it was because I was just like, "Oh, this is the natural progression of things, right? Yeah. Like it has to go this way." But then, like looking back, you realize it doesn't go that way for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, so I did the Taco Bell thing the week before I went to my start my senior year of high school, awesome. and it kind of just like propelled things in motion a lot faster than I think I could control or handle. Um, and I ended up. Uh, graduating high school semester early. Cool. So then focused full time on video production stuff. Wow. Um, that second semester where most of my peers were in high school. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had gotten into some great colleges for film. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, let's see, it was like, it was, it, it's uh, the timeline's all a blur, but pretty much my girlfriend got pregnant. And I was like, yo, I got to. Stick or stick this one out. Yeah. <laughs> gotta stick this one out, dog. <laughs> gotta 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 man down the fort and and take care of this. No, well, I think it's pretty cool. Like, um, I in my, I think it's pretty cool. Like looking at a pregnant teenager, I would think it's a fight or flight situation. And totally, I there's like obviously a million universes that people get first. They get to watch first stand encounters on like Teen Mom of yeah. like these dudes just like straight dipping out of the picture as soon as that happens. Yeah. And um yeah, I just don't think it was I don't think it's in me at all just to abandon that situation, especially the way that I was raised. I just want different for my kids, or at least I wanted to try, right? Like yeah. that's that was the biggest thing to me is like even if it wouldn't have worked out, like at least I knew that I tried. But it's go. I mean, it's going great. Happier than ever. Yeah, she's awesome. She she's uh, this is her first year being a stay at home mom, which is oh, like cool. a big deal for her. Yeah, and it makes me happy because she's doing exactly what she wants. Like she loves just spending time with the babies and yeah, and making sure that um their every needs are tended to. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so like this is pretty. This must be a pretty cool week for you then, because you recently had a baby. Your yes. wife is now at home, so your life is pretty getting pretty dope. Mm -hmm. And this is not your first feature length film coming out that you've um, produced, but it's which which number is it? So I have uh, produced two films. I've executive produced two films, and I've uh, been a supervising producer for a film, and then I produced a streaming series. So. A lot of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep track of. But this is the second film I've produced. Awesome. Yeah, and it's making its Cincinnati debut. Yes, at Bogarts. Yes, Moon Dance. 
Now, can I, I think I can re- remember this. It is a musical, mm-hmm. a classic Hollywood musical comedy and also a gorilla documentary all into one. Can you please explain that to me a little bit? So um, it's kind of like the Truman Show. Where okay. You're, you're oh, watching yeah, yeah. a movie about a movie. Okay. You're watching yeah. this this zany director take uh, this this terrible Hollywood love film yeah. and and just start to torments his actors and make the film his own. Oh my gosh, did that come from like real experience? Experience? How was this? Who wrote it? So uh, the writer and director and star of the film is named C- Cooper Flanagan, uh-huh. and uh, Cooper is uh, definitely a character in real life. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, to this day, I have no idea what's what's real and not real. For all yeah. I know, this could have happened in his real life, um, <laughs> but to my knowledge, it hasn't. Okay, so let's go back to like, so you you make this commercial, and then like you yes. you have kids and everything, uh-huh. so you, you decide like I'm doing this forever, and then you do a little bit acting and modeling, and then you get in producing. Like, where do you find your feet? Where where are you the happiest? Um, so for me, uh, so modeling has definitely sailed its ship for me. I think. Yeah, it I was, think it's. Wait, weren't you in Times Square? Yeah, I did That's a. Pretty cool. I did a Times Square uh, campaign for H and M. Um, and that, you know, it was awesome. It, it, I'm never going to complain about something where I made money from because yeah. it's like, what's the point exactly. of doing that? Yep. But it modeling is not for me, mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, mostly because I love food. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> food is the best and I hate working out. So yeah. it's like <laughs> modeling is really not for yeah, me. Yeah. And you live in Cincinnati. So yeah, and I mean, I live we in are Cincinnati. a food and drink town. We have the best of the best. We do. Uh, do I need to campaign you to, to no, please do it a little more, please, please. <laughs> um, acting, I still probably take on, like I still have representation for acting and I've done like 15 or 20 films. So it's mm-hmm. like, at that point, I'm kind of like pretty far in to just like peace out. Yeah. Um, and I still get like I think last year. So I changed the offer only, which means like I don't audition for things anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and But last year I still got like three offers to it was like horror films, faith based films, like typical stuff where they're just trying to like beef up with people who have social media followings. And yeah. Um, and I kind of like fit this like nice little niche of acting experience with some followers and they kind of like playing that game. Yeah. So um, I ended up doing one of the three that was offered um, and it had Dean Cain in it from super, he was Superman in the nineties. I nice. mean, I know it. This is, I, know, uh, I remember. Yeah. This is its whole like industry though. Is yeah. these faith based films with like these nineties stars and beef them up with these social media people. It's, uh, awesome. it's like a little cottage industry. I'm sure. So I did that, and um, let's see, I did a a pilot uh, last year, but that's really it. Um, mostly, really neck deep in producing. Yeah, nice. Okay, so what and then up- directing stuff. That's more like I directed my first um, uh, commercial since the Taco Bell thing. Um, oh. I did a spot for it's called Midwest Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be on like ESPN and Tennis Channel. That's and stuff. awesome. Okay, yeah. so for people who don't know, what's the difference between difference between directing and producing? Personally, okay, cool. I didn't know the difference until I, somebody told me, "Now you're a producer of this," and I literally Googled what the word <laughs> meant and was like, "All right, I have to do this now. Let's see how this goes." So I would probably consider like the 
producers being like the CEO kind of of a company, like okay. overseeing, like it's like kind of managing the vision. So like you're managing the director and reeling them in on some things and managing the logistics, finding the people to execute the vision, mm-hmm. um, really like tying up the whole thing legally. So like location releases, image releases, like how are we going to shut down this main street? Who do I need to talk to about this? Uh, like, where are we going to find money if we run out? Like, okay. all of these things are yeah. things that I kind of handle in producing. Whereas, like, directing is, like, you really are 100% involved in the art side and 0% involved in the financial side. Gotcha. So the fun thing about directing is I can come up with these huge elaborate ideas, and they're like, we don't have money to do all of them. Yeah. Just pick, like, three. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, cool. And then I just show up and have fun. Whereas, like, producing, like, you show up and, like, you like you can feel your hairline receding. Yeah. And it's, uh, you have, like, just, like, stress sweat all wow, day. Wow, now I know. I never actually really knew all of that. Well, to me, which one, so which one do you like more? Oh, direct, directing is, like, so easy. It seems like it's, it. It's, and not to, like, downplay it as a career field. If you're good at knowing how to tell a good story, from it, which is a skill in itself is like yeah. being able to be a good director but if you're able to do it like yeah i, w- I would do that uh you know a hundred percent more than producing i love producing though because producing is also a skill you have to be very good with your people skills mm-hmm. and um and a lot of opportunities arise out of helping other people like share their vision share their story you can't always be the person in charge but yeah i think anyone would love to be like the person in charge if they could be yes like, that sounds amazing or yeah. just in charge of your own life all the time <laughs> um do you work with film cincinnati no i actually i haven't done um so the way that film cincinnati works to the best of my knowledge um is if you are a, if you qualify for the tax incentive um then uh, they'll like work more directly with you as far as trying to help things. But the first film I produced, we shot it here and we shot it for like under 50,000 bucks. So mm. like small, like I totally get it. Small potatoes, like they have to run their business. Like we ended up having everything that we needed anyway. So that's that. Um, Moondance, we had enough money, but we ended up shooting it in Michigan, which is where the film was like written around. So it was a better, it was better to shoot it there anyways, just because like the director, he wrote it to these very specific locations, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. you can't replicate that here in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, let's see, the, the I was a executive producer on a film. It was a documentary in Haiti. So like, you did you go to Haiti? No, I actually didn't. Yeah, I, I want to. Um, I'm going actually to Palestine in May to do a documentary, which I'm excited about. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, so how does this work? Were you because you were like you you're working in the movie business mm-hmm. based out of Cincinnati? Like yeah. I really did not even know this existed. Then I started to learn more about you and was like, what? Okay, I need to know, need to know more. So now are you pretty like? Are there a lot of people working remotely now because people yeah. because we, you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be in L.A. to make movies anymore. That's like part yeah, of. No, isn't it like no movies even shot in L.A. anymore? Nobody shoots in L.A. Yeah. I, mo- more than half of the movies that get theatrical releases are shot somewhere other than L.A. Mm-hmm. And that's just like Atlanta's huge right now. Yeah. Um, New Orleans was huge before that. I mean, um, I'd probably if I had to guess, I'd say that the second the second largest city for film is Atlanta. But. I mean, L.A. is really good with the studios for shooting, like, television shows mm-hmm. just because the sets are all there. and it's a There's tons of 
the the footwork's already established yeah. there, the groundwork rather. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the cinema level cameras becoming so much more affordable, um, I mean, every college having a film school, you pretty much can yeah. round up a, a crew. You can ca- we mostly cast stuff out of like Chicago. Um, just because they have a pretty good talent pool. Do you ever have trouble being a producer or an executive producer being taken seriously because you're so young? Um, and, you, and you've already done so much in the industry yeah. already, and you're turning 24. Yeah. I I mean, those are all good points. Um, I'm going to say I ha- I don't think I've really struggled with the respect thing recently. After I think in the beginning it's hard. Yeah. Um, and the beginning for me was three years ago when I had done zero films and had nothing anywhere. Yeah. But I think now when I come into when I come into a room, I, I my resume is I have two projects on streaming platforms. Yeah. And I have a film that is releasing theatrically. So it's like, if if you can look at that and still have doubts about whether I can do the job or not, like I probably shouldn't be working on it because like <laughs> yeah. it's like it's a living it's a living resume film is like mm-hmm. you can go through Bruce Willis's resume and watch every single job that he's ever done right it's yeah not like it's so much different than other jobs where it's like you just put it on paper and like mm-hmm. okay cool I guess they did that job for two years but it's like you can actually see like six months of someone's work well so now you have so many you, this so you have moon dances coming out but you have more film in post-production as well how many more like how many are you typically working on all the time um at one time I like to stay I like to have three to four kind mm-hmm. of on my plate just because that's really for me I found that's the best number because you always have you always either have something about to shoot about to come out or about to like release to the world right mm-hmm. so um that's always exciting for me and then keeping the pipeline going like I said I have the documentary in Palestine coming up and then doing a film in um Indiana in July um so that's like two more and it's awesome yes 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 two are releasing so it's like it's just keeping the funnel going and alive and um staying working and finding Mm -hmm. good scripts um and developing those and finding good people that want to be attached to them it's cool i worked in documentary for like Mm -hmm. five or six years maybe six i was still technically employed with the festival when i moved here Mm -hmm. were you hired for this one that you're shooting in palestine were you hired to produce it yeah yeah. So, okay. then um, can you tell us about anything about it? Um, not really. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I don't want my picture hanging up everywhere at the airport. Uh, I know. Well, but, good luck with coronavirus. I know, but I mean, we're we're going out there, um, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We're just gonna we're just shooting stories and um, just hoping to get other people's stories out there to the world. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. All so right. I'm I'm re- I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, um, we're gonna be all over like Israel and just really looking. Ooh, that's awesome. I'm gonna guess it's about motorcyclists going all over Israel, yeah. and that sounds really fire. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Awesome. Um, so like, how do you see the rest of, I mean, do you live your life? Like, do you like setting goals wise? Do you want to continue to do this forever as someone who has worked in many different avenues Mm -hmm. of, um, creative performance of entertaining or whatnot, you know, like, how do you, like, you want to raise your girls here? Yeah. No, I, I definitely, um, 
Man, that's a that's a that's a tough question because I don't I don't I think it's a question that even I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Um, I mean, like ultimately, I'd love to make my own ideas into yeah. films, um, which is something I haven't got to do yet uh, because I think that I have the creative muscle to tell a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think wherever supports that the best, whether it be here, whether it be um, L.A., whether it be wherever, um, I think that everyone can be happy with it. And- Where do you think you got that from? Like the, like wanting to tell a story, you know? Oh man, that's, I think that it's just like the YouTube skit days, like realizing how fun it was to like come up with these dumb skits and just shoot them with my friends. Yeah. And then like those dumb skits, like it's like Jonah Hill was writing super bad when he was 13, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like finding those ideas and really just like working them out. And, and what I appreciate now about what I've done is I've got to see the behind the scenes and make a lot of other people's films. And I've walked away with every film knowing what I would do differently on my own project. So it's like you're kind of getting getting like this invaluable experience of like, oh, yeah, they did that. I probably wouldn't have done that. and Or like, oh, I like that shot. That shot could go great with this scene that I want to do. And then you don't have to think about what setup would look best and all of that stuff. Well, you seem to stay very aware and like very in tuned as you're doing all of this stuff. Have you experienced any of the negative aspects of this industry and what? I mean, like besides being broke for like the past (laughs) forever. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. The past like three years of my life, just like being, I mean like the past, uh, I'd say 12 to 18 months have been the best months of my life. But I mean, I'm also haven't lived that long of a life compared to other people. So I understand that it like that me saying that might not mean a lot to people, but yeah, I mean, being a broke teen dad, that kind of sucked. And now being able to like actually pay my bills with film stuff is pretty nice. And, um, it feels like it's to me, it's felt like the real deal ever since I could pay my bills. But now it feels like a realer deal now that there's like realer bills that I have to pay. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> but oh. my problems, that's how it goes. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I, I just am really fortunate and, um, ex- I'm just so lucky. It's awesome. Well, so you've worked with like James Franco. Uh huh. Okay. So he, I want to ask you because I, as a woman who finds him to be my favorite Hollywood person ever. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody says about him. I think he is a wonderful weirdo. Mm -hmm. And I think he's just bizarre and very smart and Mm -hmm. just takes risks and just does whatever he wants. And I think it's awesome. And lives out loud. Um, How is he? Is he this magical mind that I have invented, I mean, in my brain? Yes. How is he? He, uh, I didn't really get to hang out, like, it wasn't like a conversation like this where you just have like his sole attention but anytime (laughs) I interacted with him I mean he just had like the common artistic courtesy like he treats other artists with respect and um and you know realizes he he was once there right like Mm -hmm. either struggling or just now getting it to work so I think he kind of sees that and has a lot of respect and I think you know I think that he's one of the people in Hollywood who understands that there's not much value in being a dick to random people like you might as well just have a conversation with them about their small town or about their mom who loves this film because like what what's it gonna hurt to have that that second of interaction um with that person Uh, is there someone that you've learned who would you say you've learned the most from 
in your in your years, five years being active in this industry? I think that I've extracted a little bit along the way from like everyone I've got to work with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that there's like one person in specific who I've learned more than uh, like I've I think I've gone into every conversation, every job everything and learned a little bit about a lot of it along the way. Did you have a mentor at all? Yeah. I, no, I have a couple of mentors. Um, Brian Hartsock, who lives here in Cincinnati, is is one of them. And he he made his own independent film. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made two independent films. He's doing a lot of great stuff as far as commercials. I had a, the opportunity to produce a short film uh, with him, which actually won a ton of awards and I'm very proud of and my daughter's actually in that. Um, oh really? And what what is that? It's called Looking Back. Okay. Um and it won like best of fest. Um it was like we made it for this road reel competition. We won like uh I think it was like thirty thousand dollars worth of prizes. Yeah man. Yeah so it was pretty awesome. I mean but that was just like a bunch of our friends getting together. It felt like yeah. YouTube. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to make my own stories because like you can get together with your friends, and it's like, oh man, we got the gang back together. Yeah. And, but like now we have all of these years of experience of telling stories and working on films, yeah. so where it looks good now, yeah. right? It's, like, it's not you just really like know what you're doing. Yeah, it's not like bad YouTube skits. It's like we know what we're doing. Well, that's like, super. That's super super cool. Yeah. And when you can share that process, not many people can do that with their friends and no, like really I mean, share that process. Like that's a pretty special thing. Yeah, and I like that's really why I want to make my own scripts and like make my own story like I I just have so many fun ideas uh, one of them's actually inspired by my time working in like low budget films called low budget movie the movie nice and it's like it's like a very lonely island style yeah. like mockumentary about these guys that are gonna take the world by storm making yeah. their low budget movie yeah. and they it, you know they have Corey Feldman coming to be in the movie <laughs> and like you know what I'm saying but yeah. it's like there's people out there who they're filmmakers who actually think that that's going to be their big break and then they're gonna be making Iron yes. Man like they're you're gonna blink and they're gonna be directing Iron Man it's just like I want to capture the delusion that I've yes. experienced from a lot of people. I can say I've experienced that as well. I did live in LA yeah. and was on the grind, you know, for less than a year, mm-hmm. you know, moved back or whatever. Um, and if anything, it made me feel more confident in my just ability as a human. Yeah. Like being around so many quite delusional mm-hmm. psychopaths on a day in and day out basis. Mm-hmm. And when you're working, quote unquote, working amongst them, you're like, oh my God, I got this. I like know like the yeah. sky from my ass like <laughs> I, there's so many so 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 so, so yeah. many delusions going on well and i mean like it's it's frustrating I, i'm sure you see it too when you see people like that that transfer that persona over to social media oh, where they're gosh. like i am working on a project they're like vague booking yes. i am working on the biggest project of my life right now this <laughs> will win me my oscar yes. and if it doesn't <laughs> then the Academy is blind. And it's like this guy who's made like one short film and I'm like, oh brother. Oh, I know. Like, well, how would you feel like, so every, it's changing so much, the social media in general. So mm-hmm. now there's there's a blending going on of filmmaking and social media. Mm-hmm. That's it, the, the blending is increasing. Um, it's like it's potency in that every day. Mm-hmm. So in your four years of being in it, how have you seen it change? Oh, I mean, the thing with, 
filmmaking is you always have to go in with like a marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. And I think even if you look at Moondance, a huge part of our marketing strategy and a huge part of where our ad spend is going is with Facebook events and attaching the trailer to that Facebook event yeah, um, so that you can push it to people who live in that area. The trailer's already in that post, and from that post, they can click whether they would want to see the movie or Is not. that your first film that you've done that with? Um, no, I mean, Alan, uh, which was my first film, we did mm-hmm. a lot of boosting of posts, but it was more like just boosting the trailer, trying to get a bigger fan base, because yeah. the film was made for a niche audience. Um, whereas Moondance has kind of the legs to, uh, obtain a wider audience, more or less. Mm -hmm. I mean, people who are interested in musicals, which are, you know, a lot of me personally, and that's the funny thing. Like you like musicals? No, I don't. Okay. That's the thing. Like I never saw Footloose, never saw Grease. Like what? Never saw any of these classics. Oh my gosh. And you just made, produced a musical? Exactly. But I think that that's kind of almost what adds to it. Exactly. Because I go in, I don't go in with all these preconceived notions of, oh, we have to do a choreographed scene like this. It's like, I get to make up all these rules in my head. You don't have to fight on yourself at all. Yeah. Yeah. I must say there there is, don't you think as a creative, there is, there is a lot of advantage to that going into something totally blind and just trusting your Blind instincts. Yeah, well, it's because, like, at the end of the day, I know that I can get dancers in a location. Mm-hmm. But if I go in without the idea of, like, oh, we need a crane to do this shot, it's like, yeah. oh, we, we can do it with a drone. Well, like, so, like, how, speak to other creators in the, the Ohio Valley area. You can do all of this in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Or here. Like, it's accessible. Like, we were just fangirling over the city of Cincinnati mm-hmm. in general. And, like, and you found a lot of talent here as well, dancers, actors. Yeah, I mean, we shot it in Kalamazoo, so... That kind of limited, Kalamazoo. yeah. It's a it's a fun little city. So I mean, that kind of like limited the number of people directly from Cincinnati mm-hmm. that were involved. I think that there were still like ten people involved from Cincinnati. Um, but I mean, it, I I am very confident that I could have made the same movie here. Mm-hmm. Just there's so, such a great talent pool. Um, there's so many talented people coming from the area in general. Just uh, it's like the like you said, it's the hundred year plan of like, okay, arts wave invested in the arts in the nineties so that all of these nineties kids like me would grow up with great arts so that we could make art yeah. that could a hundred years from now stand the test of time. Yeah. And I think that that's part of their bigger plan. So maybe, uh, you know, I have a new mindset on the streetcar now <laughs> and that's because of you. <laughs> it's okay. We're still paying for it though. Well, like, I think, you know, there's, there's some realizations like I, if you ever like, Lose like the, the people of. They're always going to be people creating streetcars. They're always going to be mm-hmm. people creating movies and music or whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that what's changed, or would you agree with me on this? That now you can do it from um, anywhere. Oh, of course. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't don't... matter. I mean, like, and that's like I. I was like one of the lucky ones too. Um, and this is like a cool story, maybe for you too. Like uh, Twenty One Pilots. Yeah, they're from to, Columbus, right? They're from Columbus. My stepmom actually worked with Tyler um, at the church. That was like his first ever job in music. Really? Yeah, and um, it was. It's been cool to see them, and that really, like, I think, lit the fire under my butt. That like, literally, anyone from anywhere can do anything. Yeah. Like, it was so inspiring to to me to see them go from these this guy who's playing a, a church band mm-hmm. to winning a Grammy in five years. Is, isn't that nuts? That It's insane. So, I mean, like, yeah, you can make movies here. Like, it, it's literally the same 
size crew, the same cameras, the same lenses. Mm -hmm. There's just not all of the fluff. I mean, sometimes there is if you get some names involved or you want to do some of that. But shooting in L.A. is probably four to five times more expensive as shooting here because it's like, I know that I can hit up every bowling alley in town and one will agree to let me shoot there overnight for some affordable price. Whereas yes. like LA, they're like, oh yeah, you want to film here? Like they know that filming's big business out there. Yeah. So everyone's going to try to get theirs when they can. Yeah. Whereas definitely. here it's still, it still has that allure and it's still like cool to have mm-hmm. something filmed at your place. Yeah. Dude, like there was, when I lived in LA, there was like this, I nannied for these people who were writers for writers and lawyers for NBC Universal and like in their neighborhood, for instance, there were at least five houses having films being made in them every day. And they're like, Well, you make thirty grand a weekend, yeah. so why not? And you're like, Oh my god, this is a life I know nothing about, dear Lord. I know, it, it's so crazy. And even like even these lifetime movies have like half million dollar budgets. Yeah, and it's most wi- of them are lifetime movies. It's wild. Yes. It's so crazy. And it just reminds me that like I, every time I make another movie, I'm like, uh, I could be making a Lifetime movie. Like, that's like the like saving yeah. grace of some of the stuff. Yeah. But then the saving grace of the other stuff is like, oh, I could be making a Lifetime movie. Like, who knows? One day my life could just be like, I'm making some Hallmark movies today. Hey, man. Yeah. Yeah, like kids' tuition's coming up. They're yep. going on spring break. Exactly. You're getting divorced, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's an easy paycheck. Yeah. Not that that would ever be your <laughs> life. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Jesus. Like, what is your main inspiration? I would say a lot of mm. artists and performers perform from a place of like torment. It's how they get their pain out or they need to be heard mm. or they love. They really want to have a Grammy or be on the cover of Vogue. You know, mm-hmm. did you ever have a big dream like that? Huh. I think that like my that's such a that's such a good question. I think that like just my root in all of this is um is I kind of just, like, said I, like, left with a dream and, like, I'm not coming back until I, like, get it done. And I don't know what that is yet. Like, right now is just, like, another, like, step of... So a dream of a dream? process. Yeah, exactly. My dream. And, like, it's... uh, You can't be, like, oh, yeah, I'm not leaving until I have a Hollywood star because you could, like, work in film for 50 years and never Mm -hmm. get that. Like, you could work in film for 50 years and make up... my Oscar, my Hollywood star, my whatever is just making things that people can watch after I'm gone and laugh at, right? Yeah. And still be like, oh my gosh, like that was such a good film. Is laughter your main thing? What is that? Okay, so you've done a lot. So you've produced like mm-hmm. 10 films, you've acted in like 18. Um, these are your official IMDb okay. parameters. Uh, the official numbers, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go down the list. So I did... Um, Wildfire, which is an anthology series, mm. which is different. It, it's like American Horror Story. It's different okay. like genres and different actors and stuff. Okay. Um, the the clearing is a like slow burner thriller, like uh-huh. a horror film. Um, the Cran is dark comedy, which is really why I wanted to be involved. But then I did the documentary. I've done a faith based. Um, Moondance is like a musical. Faith based. Was that a God film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan and the Fullness of Time. That was the first film I did. Mm. Yeah, that was my um, entryway into the film. Are kids going to be watching this in religion class all over forever? No, no. It's not one of those films. (laughs) Um, It's definitely, definitely I think, a really close attempt at something that could be a good, um, like, faith based crossover film. Like, there's some really good, like, 
like it's like a faith based thriller. So I think that there's some really well done like thriller aspects of it. Um, I'm just like sometimes you watch projects. I'm very like honest with myself when. Mm-hmm. Ever I like something or I don't like something or I think something did well. I think that that film is really good and it has its spot. I just don't think that people know where that spot fits in yet yeah. to with, with everything out there on the market. Well, like I was just, I mean, I was kidding when I said about the religion class. But really, when you say faith-based, that's what I think of. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not familiar. There's actually a film I'm really looking forward to coming out called Faith-Based. It's really? about, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really funny concept. It's about these guys making a faith-based movie to get rich. They're nice. like, these Christians will buy anything. It has Jason Alexander from Seinfeld in it. And it, it looks awesome. And awesome. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It's like the Book of Mormon kind. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I love the Book of Mormon. Okay. Awesome. Okay, we're, we're continuing to go down the list. I love let's, it. Let's do some more here. The, I think the f- coolest thing about me is I've touched a lot of genres. I know yes. what I like. I know what I don't like. I think every script that I've written is comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I have three scripts right now, which I'm very excited about. I've been working with two other collaborators on them, and like we're gung ho. Like we have our writers' retreat scheduled. We're gonna finish these scripts. We're gonna put dates on the calendar. Like we're gonna call in favors. We're gonna make our movies right. Like yeah. we're gonna like give it the shot because that's like there's there. I think that there's something fun about just working in the industry but there's something really really fun about getting to like tell your the stories that came into your mind and Mm -hmm. um yeah if if they're good then that's even better all right can you walk us through that process a little bit yeah uh of writing a script of having ideas come into your brain yeah and then turning them into something that people can ingest yeah so i mean low budget movie the movie is um obviously probably like the easiest one to understand how it came about i was working on these movies that have a fifty thousand dollar budget which isn't a ton of money to make a film and you're just dealing with long days and like inexperienced labor and like bad food and yeah living conditions are rough mediocre acting like it's but it all adds up in, in the big picture is this really, really funny image, right? Yeah. Especially if captured from the outside. Yeah. Normal people watching it would be like, why are these people doing this yes. to themselves? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to... Have you seen Windy City Heat? No. It's a very, like, off-the-wall comedy from the early, early 2000s, but it's a look inside... Um, these two guys play a prank on their friend to lead him to believe that he's the lead actor in this movie. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and they get all of these like celebrity cameos, like Dane Cook acts like he's the casting director. Uh-huh. And like they, it, it's just the film itself captures what low budget the movie could be. Okay. Where you're just, where, where you're just like really honing in on these, these uh, specific comedies that. Well, s- that people can, you know, people know when they watch a bad movie. So you come up with this idea in yeah. your head. Okay. And th- and then you're like, I want to make this. Do you see the end goal? And then you're like, I'm going to make this. So, 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 so is there like a ritual? Do you call someone? Do you yeah. go on a jog? Do you talk to your wife? So for me right now, I kind of like... What I do is I try to write a hundred jokes around the concept. Wow, that's even, a really great methodology. Yeah, to see. Cool. Well, because if you watch the, that and see, this is one of the things that I've extracted from working on other films. Is I thought some scenes could have been funnier. Yeah. And what you have to do is you have to like write the scenes and then write every joke that could live in that world. And wow. then you have to like 
kind of connect the dots on those jokes. It's what mo- it, it's what makes movies like School of Rock so funny. Okay. There are like 60 gut punches in that movie. And if you have people laughing every minute or every other minute in your film, they're going to walk out and be like, that was a good film. I yeah. loved that. I laughed and it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I come up with ideas like the other night at this I, when I saw you at the Cyclones game, I came up with an idea to make a movie about a minor league hockey mascot. Like, mm-hmm. what what's the life of that like, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, like, writing all of these jokes. Like, <laughs> y- like he started off as, like, the badass mascot, and now he's, like, the pig, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's just, like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, he went from being, like, the twist, F5 yeah. twisted tough guy, and now he's puck job. And people are throwing these styrofoam hockey. Like, there's just so many jokes that live in that world. Yeah. And and it's it's like but you have to make sure that there's enough and that they can translate well to screen. Because mm. obviously I think that that's where you see a lot of comedies miss is like, yeah, us joking about Puck Chop was hilarious idea. there. Yeah. But if it can't translate to screen, then mm. it's not a good joke because yeah. like or it might be a good joke, but just like spoken because some things just don't transfer well in film. OK, so then you create a bunch of you write a bunch of jokes about mm-hmm. it. And then what do you do? And so then, then I try to map them out together. Okay. Um, and I'm doing all of this while I'm already kind of mapping out the story in my head. Like, okay. we want to find, like, a beginning and the end. And, like, I'm not really even sold on, like, the traditional story arc of, mm-hmm. uh, of like, oh, it needs to be the hero's journey. Do you write this down? Yeah. Or, okay. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, I'm like, okay, the minor league hockey mascot, what happens to him in the end? Does he become the emergency goalie in a game? Like, is this some miraculous story of a hero? Or is he like kill this player who stole his spot on the team? And now he's, is it like a, is it like, what kind of story is this going to be? And I'm trying to like map out these like key timeline things. So if he makes the team, then it's like this, like, begrudgingly slow sports hero movie but you can write a bunch of jokes around that but if he kills the guy then that's kind of that could kind of be funny if it's like or like it could be a random twist at the end it could be a funny comedy movie the whole time yeah like once upon a time in hollywood and then at the end like four people get killed and then you're just like what happened in that last (laughs) 10 minutes um so i kind of try to map all of that out and then i bring it to the two writers i work with their name uh their names are grant and tommy and I bring all these ideas to them and then we kind of punch them up together and mm-hmm. kind of develop the characters a little more and kind of find what those intricacies are going to be like of each person and like how they would tell the joke and what we're looking for and like who we know that would do. Because like at this point, it's it's really cool because I've done so many films that actors know that I can make a film so I can really get some decently known actors to do these parts in the films because one, they know that I know how to do it and two, they know that it's going to get shown somewhere, right? Yeah. That's the, I think that that's the hardest thing with independent film is most people are like, oh, yeah, like, good luck. You're going to shoot this film, and then it's going to go where it's like, well, my last film went theatrically, and all my other projects are on streaming platforms. So it's making money. You're going to make money. We're all going to do great. We just have to, like, trust the process. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then I kind of try to shop it around like that. Um, these first couple, I already know that I want to make like with my own money. So I'm not like having to deal with the possibility of like a studio EP, like coming and tumbling on my dreams or vision or goal. Like I really want to be hyper controlling of the, the art that is made. Um, 
But yeah, so I mean, that's that's that right now. I think the end goal with that would be something similar to what Jonah Hill has with his studio deal where he just kind of like shows up and <laughs> writes some stuff and then like makes a good funny film every year and calls it a day. Weird. Is your brain always active in that mind space or do you do things uh, to get it? See, I mean, that's the thing. Like, obviously, I wouldn't have thought about the idea of the mascot movie if my mind wasn't active at the hockey game about yeah. what movie could be made in this world of minor <laughs> league hockey. It's so dumb and stupid. And it's like half of these guys are never going to make it to the NHL. Like they're like living out this like and I guess the same thing could be said about me. But it's like this pipe dream and they're living in Cincinnati, which probably none of them are from here. Yeah. And it's like you have what's the audience of these games like what is just like taking this world right and there's a lot of comedy life is just comedy right That's, yes 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 like, yes there's just something uh that i think that there's something that could be funny in every scenario of life just depending on how you uh i agree and i feel on. like you have to be around certain people like i uh, make really bad jokes all the time well i think they're hilarious and they are but they just flop in the situation of where you are which well, you, happens you're to be. A com- you have a comedian's mind though so you're always thinking yeah. of the funny intricacies of every scenario yeah, as well. nothing's sacred in my world you can make fun of everything yeah so, <laughs> so i mean but it's like it's it's just like finding and it's where a lot of great movies have come from like dodgeball like a bunch of guys sat in a room and they're like, it would be funny if people took dodgeball seriously. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they made a movie about it. Yeah. So it's like you can, it translates well to screen. And I think that um, the stories that I want to tell are hopefully going to do that. Well, so tell, all right. So what about Moondance? Tell us a little bit about it. It's, yes. Yeah. So um, Moondance is, uh, we already kind of talked about the, the synopsis of the mm-hmm. story, but um, we shot it in Kalamazoo in 2018. Um, it's coming to theaters. Uh, it's going to be in theaters, ev- not everywhere, but uh, most places, March 13th. Um, we're having a world premiere here March 12th at Bogarts. Um, but we're in 18 cities, so New York, L.A., Chicago, and a bunch of smaller other cities. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, I'm pretty proud of uh, the project and everyone who was involved in it worked really hard. So cool. hopefully the world likes it. And, um, you know, if not, That's then it. yeah, exactly. If not, then they don't. <laughs> <laughs> then you just make another one. Yeah, people exactly. Like that one. That's exactly. the beauty of it. Dude, Chase, thank you so much for coming on. Of course. It's so nice to get to know you more. Yes, it was and, awesome. Um, congratulations on all of your success and keep the dream going. You are someone I like. You're giving me faith to like. Just keep going. You give me faith. Just keep going. You give me faith on um, stylistic choices. Like uh, the outfits are on point. (laughs) At all times. Thanks. (laughs) 